everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Before we get started in today's episode, I just want to put out a trigger warning for this episode, but all the episodes going forward that some topics that are talked about may be triggering to listeners. So just a little PSA to, I guess, listen with and be prepared that some topics may be more sensitive than others. Um, And if something does start to sound triggering, then please click off and move on to something else. Um, But absolutely don't mind. I hope you enjoy the episode and yeah, enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, I'm joined with Flynn Stelfox. Hi Flynn. Hi. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, We're both like at the two ends of this is just what happens when you have a podcast and like you just talk to people on the other side of the world. I'm about to go to bed and Flynn's just woken up. <laughs> so we love that. Um, oh my God, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's it's what you got to do. It's, it's part of the grind. It's part of the, yeah. all the experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I just find that so crazy about time zones. It's like you're just about to start your Saturday and it's like Friday night for me. It's like you're ahead, like you're... Like your head, the days that didn't. I just it's crazy. It baffles no, me every no, time. I get it because um, when I was in America earlier this year, instead of thinking like I was like eighteen hours behind or whatever, mm-hmm. I just kept thinking that I was five hours ahead of everyone back home. So I kept yeah. thinking that I was a day ahead of everyone, but I was actually a day behind, and it was so, <laughs> weird. so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's, it's very weird. Melbourne. Or like Australia in general is like mm-hmm. the first country. So like New Year's Eve happens here first. Yes. Uh-huh. That is so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that was weird because this year we had, like I had my birthday in Australia. Um, um, I wasn't with my parents. So it's like they wish me happy birthday. I was like, well, I'm actually not. It's actually not happened yet. <laughs> or, it, or I can't remember. Maybe it had happened. No, it had happened. Mm. And it was like, oh, my God, I'm 22. But if I was in the UK right now, I wouldn't be 22. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's so like weird things. I was just overthinking it. Um, but it was making me laugh. Um, okay, let's get into the quick fire round so the listeners can get to know you. Um, so how old are you? I'm 20. 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are you doing currently or, like, well, it doesn't have to be, but like, I know you've just finished working with an American in Paris, but what was your training and kind of what, yeah, just in brief before we, we'll get into it, obviously. Yeah. So I trained at a local ballet school for 13 years or so. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Australian ballet school for five years, joining a level four, finishing in level eight, graduated past December in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been doing the postgraduate program that they have there ever since then, just to like keep up mm-hmm. my fitness. Um, mm-hmm. And then I joined an American in Paris and I did the last four shows in Sydney. And mm-hmm. that was with, um, 
Robbie Fairchild and Leanne Cope, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And then I did the Perth season as well, which was amazing. Mm. And now I'm just back at Vishwanandar School doing postgrad until I start in America. Ooh, yeah. start in America. Exciting. Oh, see, first come, first serve. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, love that. Um, we'll get into that if you want to talk about that and that experience. Yeah, sure. But we, yeah. Um, oh, very exciting. Um, what is? I just realised I put what you put. What points? Like I think I said, ask you what punches you wear. But I don't know if you've ever tried. I punches. do wear punches. Oh my god, love that. Okay, what shoes you wear? Yeah. Um, so I'm not very serious about the point shoes, but yeah. um, I want to get into it more mm. because mm. I love even just like the possibility of joining with mm. Trocadero in the future. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so currently I wear Block Sonatas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to try a different brand or a different style, but I'm mm. not sure yet. Um, at Beach Island Dallas School, there's a few teachers who are known for being really good at picking out point shoes for people. So I'd really love to mm-hmm. see them, but it depends if they have point shoes that would fit me. Um, but yeah, so and then in flats, I normally wear um the block proformers or oh, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know which ones. Um mm-hmm. oh yeah, well, my custom I wear custom blocks and they're like half sonata, oh, nice. half serenade. Um okay. So yeah, and I've, I wore Sonatas before and then they decided to just like have a few months of like not making my size and width. So yeah. I was like, mm, I gotta like do something else. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah, that's really great. I love, yeah, it's just nice to hear more and more like guys getting, doing point and also just like having the yeah. access to do it. Yeah, because it's, it's actually so good for boys in terms of, developing their lower legs mm. because I mean we were already pretty strong in mm. our lower legs but it just helps boys think about it more think mm-hmm. about rolling down through their feet thinking about how they present their lower legs mm. like improves your lower leg turnout and your like your line and things mm-hmm. um it's so you cannot hide a sickle in a point shoe as soon as you mm-hmm. sickle it's there. You can't mm-hmm. hide it. You can hide it a little bit in boys' choreography, but in girls' choreography, you can't. So it really helps with mm. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just general great foot strength. Like, yeah. Mm. And if you're doing a leg round point, she's, my God, like, you're going to be able to be flying when oh you take God. them off. I tried to do a seat once in um point shoes and it, it felt so heavy and I was like what is up with this this is so weird <laughs> is anything that's got like a glissade like beat jeté situation like any sort of beats quick um like mid allegro I'm like mm. I'm like this I think it I think this looks disgusting <laughs> yeah, as in like on me I'm just like I find this really hard <laughs> mm. yeah yeah I think Last year, I tried to do the Piquita solo that starts mm-hmm. with the cease mm-hmm. yep. front, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this year, I tried to Tchaikovsky part. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's the whole, like, Petit-Retire yes. yeah. situation and the, um, the beats and before for, yes. the Arabic mm-hmm. diagonal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That was so hard. I was mm. like, this is ridiculous mm. how does Tyler Beck do this <laughs> literally someone tell give me the secrets build a recipe 
Yeah, I, don't know I how saw her some... live in America, oh, and she was incredible. Oh my god, I need to, I need to go just to like see her. There's some pe- dancers that I, some American dancers that I love and would really love to see them mm. live. Um, yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh well, we'll talk about that little trip soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what is your favorite choreography that you've either learned or seen? It's a hard one. Mm. Um, so there's this Australian choreographer called Alice Tops, mm-hmm. and she a few years ago created this ballet called Orem, which means gold, and it's based off this Japanese art of I think it's called kintsugi, which is when pottery gets broken and they glue it back together with this gold lacquer or something Mm. and it just means that the perfection the imperfections aren't hidden Mm. and she choreographed a contemporary ballet based around that idea and it was the most beautiful ballet I've ever seen Mm -hmm. um so I loved that and I remember it was the first time I'd gone to a ballet and there was a standing ovation like the ballet finished and there was silence and then all of a sudden everyone was standing and clapping and it was Who amazing. Did? Who performed it? Um, Alice Potts. Oh, um, it was performed by, I know Kevin Jackson and Lee and Stoimanov did it. Okay. I'm not sure how to say her last name, Stoimanov. Um, they were both principals of the Australian Ballet at that okay. point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Leanne and Kevin have both since um, retired. Mm-hmm. And I think New Zealand Ballet, Royal New Zealand, tried to stage it, but then COVID happened. Oh, okay. And I think I think they got a few shows in, mm-hmm. but um, COVID just kept coming in, and just they kept. had to keep doing lockdowns. And mm. unfortunate because 2020 was the year for Royal New Zealand of female choreographers, mm. um, and it was actually looking really exciting because they were like presenting all these amazing female choreographers. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so there's Aura and Alice Tops. And then I'm struggling between um, Chroma by mm. Wayne McGregor. Mm. I love Chroma, but I think I'd actually prefer to perform Ruby's by George Balanchine. Yeah. Ruby's looks like so um, much fun. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know. I just feel like I'd suit it because mm. it's like quite jazzy mm-hmm. and like, I just like Balanchine. Oh. I'd love to do mm. the Balanchine style. Yeah, I'd really but, like yeah. to experiment with Balanchine style a bit more. Love to mm. learn some of his repertoire. Absolutely. Um, and what was your favorite dancewear piece that you own? Um, so I have this Humico. I guess it's unitard. It's mm-hmm. it's got no sleeves and it's got shorts, mm-hmm. and it's like this olive green with lining that I think is purple-ish. Oh, and okay. A zip up and I love nice. it. There is a photo of me wearing it on my Instagram. Mm. Um, and I may have I seen it. It's kind of looking Berlin. familiar. <laughs> yeah, I bought it in Berlin at the Umico mm. store, mm-hmm. and I I just remember like seeing it. Initially, I was like. I don't know how I feel about it, but the people that I was with were like, that is the best one. Mm. And were like really encouraging me to get it. And once I got it, like I'm obsessed. I want to wear it all the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I love that. Um, 
the Berlin Yumiko store is dangerous, a dangerous mm. place to go. <laughs> but I would go again. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be so small. Yeah, it's like, very I small. I, I thought I'd seen photos of it and I thought it looked massive. And then I went. The and New I was York like, one, might, I think, is bigger. Have maybe. You been to the New York one? I the New York know. one goes like all the way back. No, I haven't. And it's got like a lot of room. I went to the New York one. I didn't, I didn't even know that there was one in New York. Otherwise, I would have gone. Oh, and I really time. wanted to go to the block store because I thought there was a massive block store there too. But I just forgot. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I don't know about, I think there's a massive, I know there's a massive Capizio store and I'm sure there's a massive block store. But the, the uh, Yumiko store is big in New York. Like it's a okay. whole. I swear that's like what most of their Instagram is, is just like the wall of leotards in like ombre. Wow. And I'm like, that's all I want. <laughs> um, and finally, what is your favorite food? Um, it changes constantly. That's okay. Um, I love a good, like if it came to like a meal, mm. it would either be gnocchi or it would be um, like a sweet potato risotto. Ooh, that sounds um, nice. Like in my house, we just call it the orange risotto because we've got a white risotto that we make and an orange one. Um, but like favourite snack, what's my favourite food? Oh. <laughs> this is, oh, I, you know what? I'm going to go with peanut butter and jam toast. Mm. That's it's a really good, good combo. combo. You can't go wrong yeah, with that. No. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm craving that already. Oh. <laughs> Yum. Like go have it for breakfast. Honestly. Oh, do it. Literally. Have you got sourdough? Have you got any good bread? What bread have you got? Oh no, we don't. Oh, I was gonna stop. buy some yesterday. No, there's a bit of a food shortage, I think, going on. Oh. Oh. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Oh. oh well. It's fine. Oh well, you live. Just have the peanut butter and jam on a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into your journey. How did you get into dance? What was there any particular like inspiration? Um, and then what point did you decide you wanted to kind of pursue it professionally? Like go down, like go to Aussie Ballet essentially. Yeah, definitely. Um so I started when I was three, about to turn four. Mum mm-hmm. said that I was doing arabesques as soon as I could pull myself up onto the couch. Um, I had siblings that uh, adamant that it was because I was obsessed with Barbie growing up. And obviously in Barbie, they had like all the ballet scenes. Oh, Barbie ballet was my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And I recently found out that... um. The animation is from New York City Ballet Dancers. I recently found that too on TikTok. Yeah. And it's, mm. um, oh, what was his name? Peter Martins or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The director. Yeah, he choreographed it all. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually recently watched um, Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's it's Felix Mendelssohn, as in, like, the music, because I love mm-hmm. the music because that's the music for Midtown Match Dream. Um, but mm-hmm. I was actually a little bit disappointed by the choreography. <laughs> there was so many part of showers in there. And I was like, 
why I love a good pot of shah, but like eventually it's just so much. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, hmm? yeah. No, I was just gonna say I need to rewatch the Barbie, like all the Barbie ballet because I haven't seen it in years, and I want to be able yeah. to judge the choreography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually really good. Um, mm. and considering like the technology of the time, like it's coming mm. out really well. Um, but yes, yeah, so I started off at a local ballet school. Mm. Um. My mum was adamant that if we were to do ballet, that um, we were to do ballet properly. Good. Um, so we went to this really good local ballet school. Um, it was run by someone who went to the Royal Ballet School. Um, mm. And my mum had gone to another school that this woman had also briefly taught at okay. um, years ago. So mum knew who she was and was really mm. impressed by her and loved her. Um, and I had a really great time there. We would put on a full professional ballet every single year, wow. amazing costumes, like original, um, the choreography of the great ballets. Mm. Um, and the standard was really high. And honestly, like for a long time, I thought that we were like the Australian ballet. Like I thought that's the standard we were because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, but yes, I did that. We would always put on like a junior ballet and then everything else in a senior ballet. And I did that for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, I started in comps. Um, and it was so weird. One of my first sections, I was the only boy competing against 17 girls. And I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> I still remember my first ballet, weirdly enough. Um, like I hear the music and immediately I'm like, and I can hear like the oh, corrections no. that I got oh, no. and it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, my so God. I, I did comps and mm-hmm. from age seven until I was 14. Um, when I was 14, I went to the RID summer school, not summer school, RID autumn school that they ran. And that's just where we went. And um, we'd go through the syllabus with like accredited RID teachers mm-hmm. and the teachers were really good. Some of them were like um, Oz Ballet principals mm. um, or um, ex-Royal Ballet people. Mm-hmm. It was actually a really great program. And mm. while I was there, this I went twice. The second year that I was there when I was 14, I went to the summer school and there was a whole lot of these Victorian College of secondary school kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was these two boys there and it was the first time that I had done a ballet class and there were boys that mm. were the same standard as me okay, or yeah. better mm-hmm. because for years, um, because I just was pushed so hard at the dance school I went to, the boys that I went with weren't quite the same standard as me. So, like, mm-hmm. I felt a bit like I could relax. Mm. And then all of a sudden I was in this situation where these boys were incredible and I was so impressed by them and just yeah pretty much (laughs) and like they hadn't danced for very long at all one of them was like yeah I only started ballet like four years ago and we did we actually did our interfound our interfound exam Mm. um together and he both of them beat me both of them got better marks than me and mm. I was like okay like I need it I need to get my game going um because I'm such an external validation person I love numbers I love mm. like reports and marks um which has been my downfall <laughs> um it's rough and it is and like I feel like most dancers are like that we like mm. hearing oh we, we like love external validation getting, 
marks, reports, comments. Mm. Um, and um, so, yeah, I did this summer school, this autumn school, and um, I remember just the experience of getting up and going and doing ballet all day, every day, mm-hmm. was like a, a fork in the road for me. I was like, okay, so maybe this is something that I want to do properly. Mm. So I think I, dad remembers this story differently. I remember asking if I could audition for Australian, actually no, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> in one of the stories I ask, and in one of the stories, my dad like asks me. <laughs> anyway, regardless, regardless, that day we go home and my dad goes on the website and he sees that the Australian Ballet School is holding an inaugural scholarship competition. Um, so I remember I go in for that. Um, we do three days of classes or so, or a week. Mm. Yeah, um, I think they do like a week. Is there an audition kind of process? Like, no, it's not just one day. Oh, this is actually like separate from the audition process. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I do, I did go and do that. Mm-hmm. So in the, um, in this scholarship thing, Um, you do classes for about a week I think and then at the end of the week you perform a solo on the state theatre stage oh my god and there's three age groups so um there's like the youngest age group where you don't go on point middle age group where you can I think Mm -hmm. and then um the top age group um where like you perform variations Mm. I'd never done a variation in my life so um, I was in the middle age group. I think I could have just gotten into the oldest one, um, but I did the I did the middle one, and it was an incredible experience um, learning from Australian ballet staff, mm. um, school staff, and I love dancing in the studios, and just being around all these really talented dancers really pushed me, mm-hmm. um, and I remember. Um, there was a, a whole lot of people who were at that scholarship program joined me at the Australian Ballet School later mm-hmm. or were in levels above me or have gone on to do really great things. Um, so there was a boy called Hugo who was in the same age group as me. He got into the finals. So they selected eight people from each age group for the finals, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember he got in. I didn't and I was crestfallen but like the solo went really badly I had to do grand pirouettes on stage and normally grand pirouettes like my thing Mm -hmm. um and I went on stage and I completely flopped it was I I remember I couldn't even get on releve I was like so off my leg I was spotting the floor yeah it it was a traumatic experience and like my ballet teacher was in the audience and she said yeah you looked terrified um because it's a massive stage you cannot see the audience it's this huge black cavern mm-hmm. um and it just swallows you up and yeah it was scary mm. um but yeah so Hugo got into the final eight and then a couple of years later he joined me at the Australian Ballet School more level above me and now he's mm-hmm. in the Australian Ballet Love so that. it's a great um step-by-step thing like I love seeing where everyone ends up and like obviously everyone ends up in different places um and like going to a different company other than Oz Ballet contrary to belief doesn't mean that you're a worse dancer Mm. than anyone else um 
but yeah so and then eventually I did go to the proper audition Mm -hmm. so at the time I was doing this Friday boys program at Bistro and Ballet like you didn't have to be part of a school to do it Um, and I had this teacher called Kalman and he was a graduate of East Australian Ballet School. Um, and we think that maybe the Australian Ballet School is going to ask me to audition because when mum went to go put in my information for the audition, mm. they were like, yeah, we already have it. And we were so confused. It could have been left over from when I did the scholarship thing, mm. but, um, yeah, we're not sure. Um, and yeah oh and I forgot when I was younger Mm. I went to his art gallery which an artist called Deborah Wynn did Mm -hmm. um she's a print artist so she like has this thing and she puts all of his paint on it and then she rolls it through this press Mm -hmm. and it comes out and she did it on the Australian Ballet Dancers years ago and I remember we went to his art gallery to go see it Mm. I was standing in fifth for some reason because that's because I'm just such a little ballet boy. Like walk I walk on head. Yeah, literally. Like I walk around in turnout and I, it, I'm, uh-huh. I'm such a butthead. You, you just look at me on the street and you're like, yeah, he does ballet. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah yes. I do. And even when I try to hide it, I can't. It's just so ingrained in me. Um, I have learned to walk more parallel though. Anyway, um, <laughs> some lady who was connected to the Australian Ballet like grabbed me um David McAllister spoke to me and it was so it was such a like oh my god experience and I think yeah and I think some of them asked my mum about me going to Australian Ballet School like whether I'd considered it because they have an after school program yeah um and I think mum said something along the lines of when he's 15 he can make a choice Mm. Um, because I think mum always knew that I wanted to do it, but she never wanted to force me into it because she, she heard so many stories of other dancers whose parents were really involved and have ended up leaving the ballet world. Mm. And she was like, I didn't want you to hate me for putting you into it. Um, which I thought was actually a really good choice because I went and I, got all this stage experience doing all these competitions I was doing like these really great ballets at the the ballet concert every single year Mm -hmm. um before I got before I left the local ballet school I did Puck from the dream Frederick Mm -hmm. Ashton's dream which was a really great experience um and I feel like it just I also did like all the different styles so I feel like it developed Mm -hmm. me in that way too because if I'd just done ballet from the moment that mum could enter me into the art oh. school program, I feel like I wouldn't be the dancer that I am today. Mm-hmm. And I've always had comments that my versatility will take me a long way because I've done everything. Mm. Absolutely. Um, but yes. So mm. I did the I did the initial Melbourne audition. I still mm. remember doing that audition. I was in like studio two. I'm pretty sure Jeanne Du was taking my audition. Um. Oh wait, no. I take that back. Kirsty Martin was doing my audition because I can still remember her calling out, "Point your toes when you jump." Um, and yeah, she was. Classic. She was actually really great. Loved her. Um, she's now working for the Australian Ballet as a ballet mistress. Um, and 
So yeah, so I remember like we did the audition, they made us do the photo taste in first, the deepest mm. plie that we could, yeah. and lay on our backs and do froggy, do the splits, etc. Um, and then a little while later, I got an email telling me that I was invited to the final audition. Um, and yeah, so I went and did that. And that was a really, really fun week. I took the train there every day by myself. And that was so weird because I'd never really taken a train before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I rem- actually, I remember I was doing my high school's musical at the time too. So I was going to do, do this week-long audition. Mm-hmm. And then at night I was going to go perform in a musical. And it was like... Whoa, it was a whirlwind. Yeah. And we were doing anything goes. So I was doing like tap at night and ballet during the day. Um, that sounds hectic. And yeah, that was that was so hectic. And mm-hmm. it was it was honestly an amazing week. Again, like working with these really great teachers, meeting all these really talented dancers. Mm-hmm. Um and then in August, um, I finally got a letter inviting me to come take a place at the Australian Ballet School Level 4. Um, and that was incredible. Um, so in my first year, there were six boys and six girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember all like, oh, my God, it's so nice that we've got, like, an equal number of boys and girls. And in my first year, I had Jean Du, and he was really great. He loved a good tondu exercise. We'd always do so many tondus. Um, like... I didn't really see my progression from leaving my local dance school to what I was at the end of level four, but then I actually watched videos of me dancing and I was like, whoa, like in just one year, it's amazing the progress that you can make. Mm. Um, And the group that I was in were incredible. They were such a lovely, amazing, supportive group. Um, Unfortunately, we lost a few along the way, as you always do going through ballet school. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, we were going to the Victorian College of Secondary School for our yeah. academics. Mm-hmm. So the way it would work is some days we'd go to ballet and we'd do like a ballet class and maybe one other class. And then we'd go to VCAS and we'd do five 45-minute periods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would go back to ballet and we would do one other class and then like conditioning or gym or something. Mm-hmm. Um and then on other days, we would go at 8.30 to do class at ECAS, finish at 12, and then we'd spend the next half of the day doing ballet. So, like, those were the worst days because you would be doing ballet class at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I actually, yeah, I hated that. We had like a similar, even, not the same, yeah. but, like, there was times where, like, our timetable would be, like, ballet at 9 and then, like, went through a phase mm. of hand ballet at 2 to 4. I was like, Why? why it's so weird but yeah and like even now like even doing a class at 10 o'clock I'm like this feels so strange I don't like it at all (laughs) I know that once I join a ballet company one day properly um it'll be a 10 o'clock class most of the time 10 30 yeah 10 15 kind of thing which will actually be pretty nice to be honest Mm -hmm. um but yes so I went through the Australian Ballet School Mm -hmm. um And I was lucky enough that um, I won the Excellence Award three years in a row. Um, In level six, I won the Character Award. Um, But then COVID hit. 
in 2020. Mm. COVID was a really difficult time because it was like so weird. I remember hearing about COVID in December 2019. Yeah. And then I, I can still remember reading an article about the first case. Mm. And I feel like the first case was in Melbourne. I feel like oh, okay, the yeah. first signs of COVID in Australia was in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember we finished term one and my mum was like, Flynn, like we need to go find you a bar. Like it's most likely that we're going to be in lockdown for three months. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh, uh-huh. it's not going to be three months. It'll be like two weeks. It'll be a nice like little extra holiday. Little holiday, yeah. Very good. That's so good, um, yeah. Like the classic everyone's heard before, mm-hmm. like everyone was like, no it's gonna be fine like why are we worrying about this it'll be so quick um but if we haven't learned anything from the flu in the early 20th century the exact same thing is happening now um so yeah that was also very weird because we did a term and I remember we had all these international students um and the international students couldn't return because Australia had really strict border laws Mm -hmm regarding people coming in um and I knew a few people who were overseas Mm -hmm. um right at the start of the year and they had to like race home to get back before Australia shut them out yeah I Um, had to do that yeah Mm -hmm. so like lots lots of people were complaining but like Australia wasn't letting people in but it was like well they actually gave you like a couple weeks notice I'm pretty sure and like mm. I don't know and lots of people were saying also as well like why don't they just come home and it's like well actually they've been locked out they can't just come mm. home it was so weird yeah. um but yeah so initially I remember we weren't even allowed to go past Rondejom at the bar um we had to do like um risk assessments for the area that we were dancing in um I was lucky enough that I got a bar from my old ballet school so Mm -hmm. I borrowed that and brought it home um but it was a massive bar and my ballet coach at the time still made me feel like the bar was too small because his bars would travel so Oh, oh my god yeah yeah um but yeah no so leading up to COVID though like I had a really great time we did a ballet first year we did and then at the end so we we have a showcase which is Mm -hmm. in September and then in December we've got summer season Mm -hmm. so um I remember I did a piece by Paul Knobloch called Haydn Symphony um that was really great I loved that um and it was great but we had six boys and six girls to do it but it um, two of the boys were injured, unfortunately. So we had to bring in two boys from level six to do it. Um, and luckily, like, I remember my mum said to me, you actually kept up with them really well. Like, no one could tell that they weren't from your level, mm. um, which was just a test. And nice. I remember, yeah. um, so I, and I remember even, like, other students at the school, like, you're a really strong level. And I was like, stop it. No, we're not. So I got stop. Like, like I was like, surely everyone's like this in level four. I'm like, <laughs> I just had no understanding at all of that because I was like new to this proper ballet world and I was so naive and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then in level five, we did Mark and Ears, um birthday celebration waltz, which was really cool. Um, and then I remember that year they did, I never remember whether it's Lasso Feed or Lasso Feed, but the two act mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we did Greg Horseman's version of that, who's a ballet master up at um, Queensland Ballet, and he yep. was principal of the Australian Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the year before that, they'd done Capalia, but I was too young to be in Capalia. But we, the after school program and levels four and five, did like this. Oh, I've forgotten what they called it, but it was like, do you know how at the Bolshoi they have like classroom, the classroom production that they put on? Oh, yeah. And, like, and it's like, like, yeah, yeah, it's in a, it's like a classroom stage situation. Yeah. It's like yeah, a it's studio like a class. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. We did something similar. So the girls, so like they had like a bar set up on the diagonal stage and oh, like yes. every mm-hmm. single level would do like a bit of bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Santa Cruz. Paris Opera do that as well. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the Paris Opera, I think they do it every year at the Paris Opera. Mm-hmm. We okay. just did it once. Oh, okay. Um, and I think I think ours might have been inspired by them though. Mm. And we, um, I remember the boys did pirouettes. Like my the boys mm. in my level all did pirouettes. Um, the level five boys did the Raymonda Padacarts from okay. Act Three. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the boys also did like this amazing set of grand pirouettes. Um, he did like 32 grand pirouettes or something, did this amazing pull in chenade mm, and like love, got off the stage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. He's at the West Australian Ballet now. Um, and he's incredible, does like soloist roles already. Mm. Um, yeah, he massive inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he auditioned at the same time I did. Um, he's actually English. Okay. Um, he grew up in England and moved to Adelaide. And then joined the Australian Ballet School. Um, So, yeah, and we did that. And they did Capalia at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, The main school did Capalia. And then next year they did, I think it's Lace or Feed. Um, And then um, Level 6, they did Aurora's Wedding, which is Act Mm -hmm. 3 from Mm -hmm. Sleeping Beauty. Um, They also... um, what did we do? Um, so every year level does like their showcase piece. So at the time we were doing Margaret Wilson's um, journey, mm-hmm. which if you've seen Crystal Pike's, Crystal Pike has a ballet which is based around birds and migration. Yeah, I've seen that one. I saw that last. Um, yeah, Spine. that's what journey was about basically. Mm-hmm. But our teacher is always told us I did it first. <laughs> She said, like, I did it first and then Crystal Pike did it. Um, and that was, like, so the Australian true. Ballet School's, like, go-to piece okay. that year. Like, they had a lot of events that we were performing at and mm-hmm. they always sent us. So we had, like, seven different versions of Journey and they, sometimes um, we'd get to a show and she'd be like, okay, we're doing this version tonight. And we knew <laughs> that, like, some pieces, some parts of the ballet were, like, bigger and some parts of the ballet had less people. Um, and I remember I loved that piece so much. It was my favourite one I'd ever performed. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it because in 2016, mm-hmm. after I'd been accepted, I went and watched the showcase and the level eights of the year previously before I did that piece mm-hmm. did it when they were in level six. Nice. Um, and I, yeah, it was incredible. I loved it so much. And... Um, yeah, we performed it so many times. We performed it in Fed, in Fed Square in Melbourne mm-hmm. for World Ballet Day on that, that oh, tiny nice. little raked stage that they have. Um, and we performed it at, like, this uni 
physio mm -hmm. conference and yeah so we did that and then um level seven we were meant to do a brand new piece called mm -hmm. little chaos mm -hmm. which was choreographed by my teacher at the time simon dow mm -hmm. um but the end that was meant to be a boy and a girl piece so a whole level um and then at the end of term one they were like we are going into lockdown so luckily i lived at home in melbourne with my family okay, so it wasn't nice. it wasn't an extremely difficult time for me like obviously i still had struggles and mm. there were times when my mental health was really bad um in 2019 i suffered from a really bad eating disorder um and in lockdown that kind of jumped out a few times and yeah. like looking back I'm like yeah all the signs were definitely there but at the time I was like really adamant that that's not what it was it was just a bit like I was mentally strained but no it was like mm. the fact that I couldn't control anything yeah and, and that's what you were controlling and that's what I was controlling and it's so weird because it's like control is a massive part of it and like people don't really understand the control yeah. is what is usually causing it mm -hmm. um it was also like this thing of my self-esteem so if I felt like I didn't look right I controlled my food but it was also a matter of like I, if I felt like I didn't deserve food mm -hmm. it was so weird like okay hmm. um and I've like been to therapy for all of that mm -hmm. and um have have come a really long way um but yeah so in lockdowns that jumped out a few times and like there mm. were times when mum would like have an appointment and on the way home she'd buy hungry jacks or something which mm. for all the american listeners is basically burger king yeah. um Same and me. yeah um and she would bring like this family meal back and like mm. there would be like chips for everyone and a burger for everyone and mm. I remember this one time I was so upset that she'd brought it home mm. and was like I can't let this food go to waste and I remember crying while I was eating it and I was like Flynn what is it going on and like all my yeah. siblings were so like concerned about me they all yeah. thought that I was like hiding an injury and that's why I was so upset oh. um and like it was weird and at the time I was injured I think too I think I, I might have had a hip injury around that time too mm -hmm. um but yeah it was it was a very difficult time and like we're all on just locked down in the world at the time mm -hmm. um so at points we weren't even allowed we had a curfew at some point mm -hmm. we only had four reasons we were allowed to leave the house we we're only allowed to exercise for an hour per day we weren't allowed to see anyone um it was very, very, very strict. Um, and yeah, and it was so weird because we went from like seeing everyone every single day to not seeing anyone. And there were some people who were literally locked alone in an apartment by themselves in a tiny apartment where they were trying to do ballet class. And it was really, really tough to see. Mm -hmm. um, but then event, I think, Oh, and then at one point the level eights were allowed to come back mm -hmm. in the middle of the year, but mm -hmm. it was literally like half an hour before class, you're allowed in, 15 minutes after class, you had to leave straight away. Oh um, you had to wear masks the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, we were only allowed to stand in the, like designated spots in the studio and they were really, really pedantic about cleaning. Mm -hmm. So the level eights came in for a week, 
And then a week later, the level sevens came in. I was level seven at the time. Mm-hmm. And then after like five days of that, like that was in our holiday break. Mm-hmm. Um, and term was about to start. We went into a second lockdown. And this lockdown was nuts. This one was this one was the one where it was like there was headlines around the world about how yeah. tough our lockdown we, yeah, was. Yeah. And I think I remember like there might have even been like protests around the world being like, release the Melbournians. And it was like, oh my gosh, we are doing this to, to protect us. We are doing this to like save lives. We do not yeah. need to be released. Like as much as like everyone was like oh, this lockdown sucks and, like, we hate being locked inside. Like, I think most of us understood Mm. why we were doing it. Mm -hmm. Although there was obviously the anti-maskers and anti-isolation people who would go out and protest. And Mm. it was like, you are just making the lockdowns last way longer. Yeah, just... Um, Because, yeah, Mm -hmm. really bad. Anyway, so I think we were in lockdown for six weeks the first time and the second time would have been from July until October maybe and I don't know it was weird for me because lockdown wasn't as hard as for other people because I was still allowed to go and do ballet Mm -hmm. like ABS found some legislation that meant that VCE students, which is like our year 12 diploma, were able to go back. And because we did VCE subjects, we were allowed to go back and train at the Australian Ballet School. Um, so they found like, I don't want to say loopholes because it sounds like you're, they're cheating. The system. No, but it makes sense. Like, no, no, I get um, that. I get that. Yeah, but like they just managed to find reasons for yeah. us to be able to come home. Mm-hmm. Well, not come home, come back to be shown mm-hmm. school and train in person. Obviously, really strict about it all. We had to wear mm-hmm. masks all the time um, and had to wipe down all the bars all mm-hmm. the time. We weren't allowed to stay around. Like we had to maintain the 1.5 everywhere mm-hmm. um, and windows were open. Um, 15 minutes after class ends you have to be out it was like train it was like come in train and leave pretty mm-hmm. much under no socialization at all um and then at the end of the year instead of doing a live performance we did a digital season so do you know how I mentioned earlier we did we mm-hmm. were I'm um, doing a little chaos yeah. um well basically the original idea of that was scrapped and funnily enough a little chaos was about the Black Plague. What a coincidence! So, so he wanted to do like a recording of "Ring a Ring a Rosie" mm-hmm. at the beginning, um, and like at the beginning we were literally walking around in a circle, holding oh hands in the in the original version. So it was like very very ominous, and it was like so yeah. weird that this had happened. Yeah, when we were learning this piece. Mm. Um, and actually, I remember we started learning it in 2019. Mm. And like, it was when I had my mental health problems. Mm. And I remember the whole time thinking like, why am I so exhausted? Why am I so tired? Mm-hmm. And it was like, Lynn, it's because you're not eating. Mm. And like, that was a weird realization. Um, and that was because I wanted to do this photo shoot 
at the end of the year, like this dance photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started off with being like, I just want to like look my best for it. And then <laughs> yeah, it, look my best. <laughs> and then like, look, it just got like worse, 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 worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, at the gym that I go to, you can do like these scans and it like shows you like your body composition. Anyway. Yeah, I've done those. Weirdly <laughs> enough. This scan is what snapped me out of it and made me oh, really? realize exactly what I was doing. So I the previous scan I'd done was in August and um, the one that I did latest, like the current one that I was doing at that time was in December mm-hmm. or something. And I remember like the numbers were so marginally different. Like it, it was the massive, it was a massive, massive. difference. Okay, yeah. And I just remember looking at the numbers and being like, what am I doing to myself? Mm-hmm. And like at that point in time, it made me realize, oh my God, like I am hurting myself mm-hmm. so badly. Um, you probably that, didn't realize like no. visually, like you probably, like, well, obviously, I think a lot of dancers, if not everyone, kind of has some body dysmorphia. So it's, yeah. you probably look in the mirror thinking, like, oh, I don't look any different. And mm. it's like, oh my God, fuck, like, yeah and I like I think back to like the behaviors that I had at the time Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my gosh Flynn that was clearly so disordered Mm -hmm. um but what was weird at the time was also like I was very aware of what I was doing but I was also in denial so I was like yeah I know what I'm doing but then at the same time I was like but like is it really that bad what Mm -hmm. I'm doing Mm. and like it was like this mindset of like directors will like me more if I look like this um and like ever since I'd gone to ABS like I'd always had these thoughts in my head that like I didn't look right to be a ballet dancer Mm -hmm. because I was surrounded by all these people who genetically were perfect for ballet and I felt like I was the one that stuck out like a sore thumb Mm -hmm. and it's taken me years to realize like ballet yes like there are some people in the dance world who will hire you based on how you look, mm-hmm. but like it's your dancing ability that matters. It's like if you look a certain way but you can't dance, your career ends pretty quickly because mm. you can't do what's being asked of you. Um, okay. But yeah, so that was whoa. So in the end, back to back to twenty twenty <laughs> um, when we and um, we did the digital season and. We did a we did a little chaos, but it was a reworked version. So the music was different. Um, it was just us eight boys. We lost our international students. So we actually started the year with twelve boys, okay. which we were like, "Whoa, this is so yeah. many." One of them was Australian. He left pretty quickly because he realized ballet was not for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for years he trained at Vegas initially, and then did West Side Story. Um, and then I think he realized pretty quickly, okay, like, yes, I've been told that my ballet is very good, but like, this is not what I want to do. Mm. So props to him. He left pretty quickly. Um, and, um, he had an agent. So I think he was pretty quickly like starting to audition for musicals again. Mm. Um, and we actually auditioned for an American in Paris together, but then he booked a job doing Cinderella instead as a swing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, he left pretty quickly. And then we had three Japanese boys mm-hmm. and they all went back to Japan. One of them, his name is Hibiki. Um, and he trained at Ellison Ballet after that. Yes. He was at oh, okay. yes. one 
someone at someone from Ellison Ballet actually reached out to him and asked him, are you a professional ballet dancer? Like, are you in a company on Instagram? And he said, no, I was training at the Australian Ballet School, but um, unfortunately due to COVID, I've had to come home and they're like, we will take you, like come to New York now. And he so trained awesome. in New York for a year or two years or something. And did incredibly well so when I went to go when I went to New York I visited him and oh, it was so nice so to catch up um but yes yeah, so we had eight boys we did and we did this ballet called a little chaos and it was like actually quite it was quite it was like when McGregor meets Forsyth Ooh, in nice. a way mm-hmm. like it was very off balance Simon was like we I want you to move as fast as you can as big mm-hmm. as you can as wildly as you can mm-hmm. and I it was so hard. The piece went for eight minutes and I barely stopped dancing for that entire eight minutes. Um, and there were points where like some of the boys were like fighting each other with their elbows. And that was like a nod to the fact that like we weren't allowed mm-hmm. to touch each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because technically as part of a digital season, we weren't allowed to come too close together okay. because of COVID laws. Um but yeah, and it was an incredible piece. Um, we brought it back the following year for our morning melody seasons, mm-hmm. um, which is just um, this program that um, the arts in Melbourne do. So there's like, not only the Australian Ballet School does it, like there's a whole lot of singers that do it okay. as well. And like mm-hmm. they do it at Hamer Hall, which is like the concert hall in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it, like we perform it at... Um, the clock tower in Mooney Ponds mm-hmm. which is North Melbourne um the year I did it we took it to Frankston as well which is like southeast mm-hmm. um and um I know some people do it perform it like ourselves and stuff as well like singers and things um so um and it was so it was such a vulnerable piece um he really wanted us to bear everything mm-hmm. out on the table, which was really hard. Um, but like, it was such a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it was just such a great shared experience as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And all of us have very fond memories of that time. And mm-hmm. Simon Dow was incredible in lockdown too. He was, he tried, he always tried to keep us very engaged. He, the classes were still incredibly challenging, even though we were at home. Like sometimes we'd spend two hours on bar. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, The bars that we would do, he would like say, I want you to do a Grand Batman on Relevé and I want you to Tombe. Mm -hmm as far as you can away so I would be like Mm. jumping all over my bar it was it was actually quite funny I have so Mm. many videos of me trying to do bar at home oh same stop and like the things he made us do was so funny Mm -hmm. looking back um and like we weren't allowed to do pirouettes so he'd say I want you to do a 360 degree ballet unbalance in retire and he said and I want you to do that 360 degree turn seven times um and (laughs) 
Um, so just like get around the, mm. um, you're not allowed to do pirouettes. No, we're not doing a pirouette. We're doing a, a, a balance in Retire and we're just doing 360 degree turn. It's fine. It's fine. It's um, not a pirouette. <laughs> yeah. And we would do like, we weren't allowed to jump at home. Mm. I think we're allowed to do like small jumps. Yeah. So to, just to maintain like a little bit of physicality, I would always hold like my dog or like mm. something heavy in my oh, arms just yeah. to add a little bit of like this load. Mm-hmm. um and we would also do like contemporary at home we would do I was past character at that point so we didn't do character at home mm-hmm. um we we were still doing like our full academic load but we were doing so I was doing music I was doing English I was doing drama okay. I was doing all this different mm-hmm. academic stuff fitting mm-hmm. it in music was so hard because it's it's not just like, okay, so like this is like a treble clef and this is a bass clef and this is this. No, it's like we had to do full essays. Yeah. Describing the music that we were listening to and the, the relationship of choreography and music mm-hmm. um, and analyzing things. And I was doing like essays at home for English and we had to like prepare this seven minute monologue for mm-hmm. drama. And yeah, it was, it, we had massive days, but then there were some days where we wouldn't have class for two hours and it was like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And then there were other days where it was like, we felt like we didn't stop. Yeah. And it was, it was hard because it wasn't just timetabling for ABS. It was timetabling for VCAS as well. And we had yeah. to coordinate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really hard. Um, my family actually opened this Instagram account called staying home with the foxes because oh, obviously okay. my last name is El Fox. So yeah. staying home with the foxes and it was actually received really well. Um, like it kept us like in great moods, like, because we thought it was so funny and like other people, like we would get messages saying like, please don't stop posting like this, this made our day. And we would just get up to so many shenanigans. Like we all had COVID lockdown birthdays. So my twin and I, I've got an identical twin brother. He, um, we both turned 18 in lockdown. So I remember we just had this big, massive fest. Like we did, we did the beep test for fun. Oh, love that. (laughs) Uh, we've got a whole video on on the Instagram of us like we all like dressed up as like different sporting people um and we did the beep test I think I got to like 13 no about to lie I think I got to 12 or something Mm -hmm. I don't know um and then for for the rest of the day we just like played games and stuff and it was so fun Mm. um so 2021 started well it's my graduate year I was Mm -hmm. so excited um and the level eights of a previous year um, were not repeating, but they were doing this post-grad program. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, they were doing ballet and technique and we would join their part of their classes. um, Mm -hmm. And they were actually joining our regional tour because they didn't get to do it the previous year. but it was set up so the program only went for six months and then the second six months they could choose to stay if they wanted to. Um, They could leave the audition at any time for other companies. Um, And yeah, so in 2021, we started doing this ballet called The Papillon. 
Mm -hmm. I were meant to do it in 2020, um, but obviously lockdowns happened. So he's mm -hmm. Lucas Jervies, who did the Australian Ballet Spartacus a few mm -hmm. years before. Um, he choreographed Butterfly. So yes. it's transitioned from Le Papillon oh, yeah. to Butterfly with an explanation mark to just Butterfly. Yes, yeah. Um, and it was a really great show. Um, working with a very different choreographer because he was like, yeah, this is going to be a tutu ballet, but it's going to have a lot of contemporary elements. Mm -hmm. um, that was really interesting. I was really lucky that I was cast as um, second cast Jack, who was mm -hmm. the lead boy in the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, eventually we managed to get in back into the studios because we're employed by the Australian Ballet. Mm. So there was so because it was work, we were allowed mm. to go back into the studios and rehearse. So we were oh. doing poems mm -hmm. by oh I've forgotten his name, but he's an English choreographer. Oh no, I think he's an Australian actually. Um, but he he lives in England, I think, mm. or he spent a lot of time in England. He's this incredibly adorable old man. He like looked like a teddy bear. He looked like Father Christmas. Oh. He was so Aww. cute. He'd come in and he'd be wearing like sweater vests and Aww. trousers and it was so Aww. cute. Um, and I was really lucky. I was playing young John mm -hmm. in that ballet. So that ballet was like about John and all his different loves that he had throughout his life. Aww. So um, I was like the youngest John mm -hmm. or like what we perceived to be the youngest John. Yeah. And my love interest was Wendy. Mm -hmm. Um. And I remember in the video that we initially watched, it was Dan McAllister who was playing this John. Aww. So I was cast to John and it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing Dan McAllister's role. We were also doing this ballet called Swan Lake Variations, which was Dan McAllister's ballet. Mm -hmm. So he'd just staged Swan Lake in Helsinki. Yeah. Um, and he basically he just took, he just lifted some of that ballet out and made mm. a non-story ballet called Swan Lake Variations, which we performed. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, really nice. incredible experience too because mm. he's so great. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also performed, I feel like we performed one more ballet, but I'm not completely sure. It's, I can't remember That's off right. the top of my head. Don't worry. Um, That's all right. Yeah. Oh, and then in, at Morning Melodies, we did A Little Chaos. We did a ballet by Stephen Baines called White Nights as well. And I was, it was mainly postgraduates who did mm -hmm. Morning Melodies mm -hmm. um, because we were performing all the ballets they were meant to perform yeah. the previous year. So they were just pushed into first cast and we're like, okay. cool. Um, <laughs> so um, I was one of the lucky level eights that managed to do White Nights. Um did a little chaos with the level sevens. Um, and then the girls did Paquita. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, so they did the mm -hmm. four variations from Paquita and the, and also the, the 12 variation, which is the main grandpa variation. Um, and that was a really beautiful ballet to see. And it was so nice just seeing everyone doing ballet, just pure classical ballet, because yeah, but we're we Australian ballet school and we do ballets, but like we also do a lot of more modern works. So um, sometimes you're like, oh, it's just so nice watching a classical ballet. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're doing regional tour. We'll start in Frankston and then we're going to like 
just just different parts of Victoria and New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And I think we're meant to go to Adelaide too. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't actually get to go, so they cancelled it a few days out. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think Melbourne was about to get stricter with the lockdown. I think maybe. Um, and Sydney had gone into lockdown again. I think um, their cases were getting much worse. Um, and we did a live stream performance instead in the big studio that they have upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really great. Um, it was nice to perform it just once and be like, yeah, like I've done one professional show. So yeah. that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but like really, really sad that we didn't get to go. Um, and then we went straight back into isolation because we weren't working anymore. So we weren't allowed to come back to the studios. Um, and then a few months later in September, we started rehearsing Nutcracker because okay. the Level 8 boys were employed by this ballet school mm-hmm. in, out towards Frankston that was doing this professional standard Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I got injured doing that so I wasn't actually able to dance in it but they were like we'll just make Fritz a non-dancing role and you can still do it um what's funny is Fritz is supposed to be like the younger brother yeah but I was I'm whenever I've played Fritz I'm always taller I'm always (laughs) the same height or taller than the Clara (laughs) so it's like it like defeats the purpose of it so like when I'm like jumping trying to take the nutcracker away from Clara it's like I'm like do I just like jump and like completely miss? I don't yeah, know. like how do you make it look not that? <laughs> it's odd. so funny, but yeah. yeah. So I've done Fritz twice now. Yes. Um, so but then from there, like I was injured during rehearsals there, and then the re- the injuries just kept coming. Like I I got better from that injury, but then another oh, injury started, no. and then I got better from that one, and then I had another one. Mm. Um, so. I we performed Butterfly Sweet, which was completely it was the same choreography mm. pretty much with Butterfly, but there was no story and there was no contemporary aspects okay. of the ballet. Like it was just classical. Mm-hmm. And I was meant to, I was initially meant to be the main boy for that. Then I was injured and then the girls they wanted to use were too tall for me. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, that's completely fine. Like that happens. Mm. Um, I, and it was also because it was like the PGYs weren't there. Mm-hmm. And I think they wanted to use Hugo for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he couldn't rehearse it because they weren't allowed in the studios at that point because they weren't like mm-hmm. AC students. This, when was this? Uh, we're in 2021, aren't we? This is 2021. Yeah, sorry. Like, towards the end of it. No, it's okay. It's all right. I'm like... Yeah. This like, is mm-hmm. in September-ish of 2021. Okay. So we did we did the Nutcracker and that was and all And then fine your year, like, so, and then the new year starts in 2022, doesn't it? Yes. Like, it, or it so, finishes um, at the end of 2021? So this is towards your last year? Yeah, this is towards the last of my okay. graduate year. Okay. Um. So we performed in Horsham, which is towards Adelaide. So, mm-hmm. like west west of victoria yeah um Mm -hmm. i was injured for that so i couldn't go and we were meant to be performing like all of our showcase work Mm -hmm. that we're meant to do so we we actually started learning wilson's piece that she did on us in Mm -hmm. lockdown Mm -hmm. um and we 
Um, so yeah, we did that. We we finished it in the studio with a three movement piece, and it's beautiful. Um, it was like all of us. It was mm-hmm. called Arcadia, so based on like the myth of Arcadia in Greece, which is like a utopia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all of us, and it was like really like upbeat and like great. Mm-hmm. And then the second movement was this really beautiful contemporary part of it. Um, and then the third piece, everyone came back together again. Nice. Um, yeah. And that was really great. We were meant to perform Simon Dow's Counterpoint, mm-hmm. Counterpoint, which was a very Forsyth ballet again, yeah. but more classical. And that was really fun. Oh, yeah. Aussie ballet don't do that. Like they performed that recently, didn't they? Counterpoint? Um, no. So Counterpoint oh. is a program that they did. Oh, that's um, the program's then, name. Mm. Yeah, that's but then we performed a brand new piece called Counterpoint, which we all thought was actually a bit funny, but, like, yeah. we were performing Counterpoint when they'd just done a season called yeah, Counterpoint. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that was really great. That was a point shoe ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, the, boy, the girls were in, like, black tights and stuff, and we nice. were in... I didn't get to perform that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because I was injured. I was injured mm-hmm. for from September onwards. Okay, um, up until and when? Until December. Okay. Um, December, I managed to get back. So we did Horsham. I didn't perform in Horsham. I performed in Geelong mm-hmm. um, because we did, like, this little tour thing mm-hmm. um, where they performed. The Level Eights performed Counterpoint, Arcadia, um, Butterfly Suite, mm-hmm. um, and it was, like, the Level 6s, 7s, and 8s all went and the postgrads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I managed to get back partly for Geelong. Like I didn't actually dance in Geelong. I did partnering and I ran on and off the stage once. Yeah. Um, and then I did, oh, and I had to do all my assessments later as well because I was mm-hmm. injured. Um, yeah, so that was intense. Like just me and one of the way doing our assessments together. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, I had a similar experience. Had to do my, like all my graduate assessments later than mm-hmm. like, it was meant to be because of my injury yeah um yeah I'd be interested did that affect your kind of audition process like going into the next year a little like bit so, videos or anything like that yeah so um when it came to auditioning so there's no official audition but the Australian Ballet School dancers mm-hmm. do for the Australian Ballet Mm-hmm. It is kind of David, the director just watches you for a long time, bases it off yeah. like performances and what he's seeing, mm-hmm. and then he makes a decision. Yeah. So, um, six dancers were taken from the Australian Ballad School that mm-hmm. year. So, it was Hugo, who I've mentioned a few times, um, Hannah Sergi, Mira Bailey, who actually won the youngest age group of a scholarship thing that I did the same year oh, okay. I did. Okay, back year, way um, back year, yeah. Yeah, um, nice. she and then Samara Merrick as well, who mm-hmm. was my year, um, and then Bryce Latham, who was Ducks of my year, incredible, incredible dancer, love mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Um, and then also um, Harrison Bradley, who mm-hmm. is from New Zealand, um, and he's also an incredible dancer. He did Tchaikovsky Park for his variation for his exam, and it was the most perfect variation for him. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. Um, and then the same year, Grace Carroll and Elijah Trevitt from Royal Ballet School were taken mm-hmm. into the company as well. They're both incredible as well. Like I, I did class with a company earlier this year mm-hmm. um, and I was like 
take, I was, whoa. <laughs> taken aback. Taken aback, but yeah. like in a good way. Yeah, yeah of They course. were just incredible dancers. Like honestly, the whole company, I was like mm. in awe the whole mm-hmm. time because yeah. they were, it was Love just that. a quarter ballet and like choreography class, mm-hmm. but it was the talent mm. there was incredible mm. um so and then for wa ballet and for queensland ballet we did zoom auditions oh, okay that's annoying um and i was actually injured at the time but i auditioned for queensland ballet okay <laughs> but I, just, I just didn't tell the school i was like i'm fine and i think for wa ballet actually no queensland ballet was fine wa ballet i was injured okay um but then the day after that i immediately like pulled everything back and was like yeah at auditions for this nutcracker and i was like I can't jump. I can't do anything. Like yeah, I need to course. take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was just the classic. Like everyone in December was emailing every single company all over the globe, just like, "Can I come to audition? Can I come to audition? I'm Australian. This is my audition tape. This is this this this. Like here's my CV, mm-hmm. um, and all that. And luckily. I actually couldn't do that in December because I didn't have an audition tape because I was injured. Mm. Um, And it was really hard to find time to film Mm. because obviously everyone in our level who didn't get a job is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And like there was very limited times where Mm. studios were free the whole time. At this time, I was also auditioning for an American in Paris. Oh, okay. So you um, weren't doing, yeah, okay. So that so, has been kind of been in the works for a while. Yeah. So we actually all started auditioning in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a, we had to learn a ballet and a jazz combo. Okay, nice. Um, which were both taken from the choreography and show. Um and then after that, a select group of us were taken to the next round where we had to learn a tap piece. Oh, and in the first round, we also had to send in a singing video of I've Got Rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we learned a tap section. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, we did Zoom auditions. Okay. So the first one was Sean, who's a choreographer, and someone else, I can't remember who it was. And basically that was kind of like we, it was kind of like a workshop before okay. the audition. Mm. It was weird. It was like we weren't technically auditioning. It was just they were watching us and giving us pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, and at, at the time as well, we also had to learn like these other part of the combos as well. So we had to do like a pressage yeah. combo, Doing you know. Things, yeah. Um, where we had to like lift the girl up in our best and put her on our shoulder and then we had to do like a flip with her um, and then like this other like adagio piece mm. and then other little section mm. as well nice. um, and yeah so we did that mm-hmm. um, and then we did another zoom audition with Christopher Wilden watching mm-hmm. which was so nerve-wracking mm-hmm. because he was just sitting there and he's just like mm-hmm. great very yeah, nice. I can imagine just, that would have, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, just in, an incredible person to be watched by because mm. he's done so many amazing things mm. like Alice in Wonderland. Oh, um, uh, Winter's uh, Tale. I did think, he do Winter's yeah, Tale? Yeah, he did Winter's Tale. Um, I think he did a ballet called After the Rain or something. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Which I've seen bits of a few times and that's an incredible ballet. Mm. Um. And 
yeah, so that was incredible. And then a few weeks later, we all got told whether we got in or not. Nice. Unfortunately, I didn't get in at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, I auditioned, uh, and then I did the summer school the following mm-hmm. year in January. So we, oh, actually, I got food poisoning in summer season. <laughs> So we yeah, won't go I, into that too much because yeah. I don't want to go on for too long, but yeah. Yeah. But basically mm-hmm. I bought tooth and nail to get back in. And then the first day the summer season started, I woke up and I was vomiting everywhere. And it was not great. three or four shows. Um, so yeah, so that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I did the summer school. I was actually mm-hmm. still injured. I'd gotten back and then dancing on did, the summer school stage. What was your injury? Did you? Um, so initially, coming? I had an impingement on the front of my ankle, mm-hmm. um, and then after that, I had an Achilles injury. Okay. And then yeah, after so. that, like the front of my ankle, it wasn't an injury as such, but like I had like ghost pain. Yeah. Um, at the front of my ankle, and whenever I landed from a jump, my ankle okay. just completely locked up and refused to release. Uh, so it made jumping really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and then in summer season, summer school, sorry, I, my Achilles injury came back just Mm. from dancing on that hard stage. And then Mm. I didn't really rehab properly Mm -hmm. between summer season and summer school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did summer school. I filmed the last of my audition tape at summer school. um, And then I just sent it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I was just like... And this would be like in like, January, February time? January. Okay. Yeah. So summer school is done like right at the beginning of January. Yeah. Um, and summer school was hectic because they were like testing us all the time and like COVID measures and things because okay. COVID was still rife in yeah, of course. Melbourne. When did um, you start traveling for your auditions? Um, I started traveling in at the end of January. Oh, okay. So I sent out all my stuff mm-hmm. in at the beginning of January. I got a mm-hmm. few responses. Mostly it was just like, unfortunately, um, we aren't letting people come take class because of mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, um, sorry, because you're Australian, like we won't consider you. Um, because that financially is very difficult oh, yeah. to hire an Australian because of the visas and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I had a work visa already somehow, I don't know how I would have done it, but if I had it, I reckon I would have gotten so many more offers or like so oh. many invitations to come to class because they'd be like, oh, we don't have to do anything. You've got oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can't like you most countries you need to be, especially like in Europe, like you need to be sponsored by the company to get yourself a yeah. visa. Yeah. And there's a girl in the company at Oz Ballet who did dance in America. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, well, back when she was dancing there, it was pre-COVID so Mm. financially companies were much better off to do Mm. it and she said um there was already another Australian at the company who she was friends with and he actually told her come audition for this company you'll fit in so well Mm. and they sponsored her and she had a really great experience there Mm. um but yeah so that was really hard I was in LA for two weeks Mm -hmm. um and I auditioned funnily enough in LA and New York, I never auditioned for companies that were situated there. Oh, so I did that LA, open auditions. I did open auditions. Mm-hmm. So I did in LA, I did um Texas Ballet mm-hmm. Theatre, which is run by Ben Stevenson or was, yeah. or was he's retiring yeah. soon. Um and he offered me an apprenticeship right at the end of the um audition. He asked me and one other boy to come forward and he said I'd really like you to start working for me as soon as you can. Um, but because of visas, unfortunately that 
03. Um, and then I also auditioned for this company called State Street Ballet, which is in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually my mentor at the Australian Ballet, his wife used to dance there and she mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to Milwaukee and I auditioned for Virginia Company there um, and was offered a job there straight away too, um, which I actually took. So in September, I'm supposed to be moving there, which is mm-hmm. very exciting. Um, and it was Congrats. funny. Um my ballet teacher, thank you. Um, my ballet teacher in 2020 used to direct that um, company, the main company there. Oh my God. And the, the director of the junior company now was one mm-hmm. of his prima ballerinas when he was directing there. So she knew him and was like, nice. so excited that I was taught by him. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, I re- she said to me initially, you've got a really French style, expressive quarter ground upper body, mm-hmm. which I love. And I said, oh, I'd really credit that to his teacher. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I love him. He's so great. Um, I miss him so much. Like, tell him hi, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to New York and I auditioned for Cincinnati Ballet and for Art Ballet Theatre of Florida. Yeah. And in New York, I also saw um, New York City Ballet do a gala. Um, yes. And I saw Teletech do Tchaikovsky Park, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I also saw um, Balanchine Swan Lake. Nice. Which is just one act. It's a yeah, bit strange, but yeah. I really liked it. It was, mm-hmm. I think, Sarah Mann's playing mm-hmm. Odette nice. or Swan Queen and she mm-hmm. was incredible um did you then, go to Europe I didn't go to Europe I really no. want oh well, actually no I did go to Europe but not to do ballet okay you just um, I just went because I was in America and I was like it's much easier to go oh, to yeah Europe than to go from nice. Australia mm-hmm. and my sister was living in the UK at the time and I was like well I might as well go visit her mm-hmm. like I'd really love to go see her I, I won't see her again for Wow. Oh, until after I come back from whatever contract I take, mm-hmm. um, unless I went to go to her wedding because she's getting married next year. Um, unfortunately, because of the season at Milwaukee, I won't be able to go, um, okay. which is really sad. But like, yeah. it, it, is it, is. it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. And she understands that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, so I went to Milwaukee and then I went to New York and then nice. after that I went to Houston and I auditioned for Houston Ballet. Mm-hmm. That was an incredible experience. It was a three-round audition. Okay. Um, the first round was half of ballet class mm-hmm. and then the second round was the second half of ballet class and then the third round was a rep okay. um, round. So we learned Stanton Welch's um, Divergence, mm-hmm. which he, which did its world premiere on the Australian Ballet. Oh, okay. Um, when Maynard Gilgood was running the company mm-hmm. and that I'd always wanted to learn that piece. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, but I completely stuffed it up. I, my brain just could not pick it up. I was trying so hard and they're like, we just want to see a musicality, but like, I can't do musicality unless I know the choreography. It's so nice. I was really struggling. Yeah. And then mm. at the end, they'll just like, tell us your name, where you're from, and what was the last ballet you performed? Oh, um, that's so random. <laughs> I know. They're like, also kind of interesting. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I, um, to, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's kind of what it was about. It was like, we just want to hear. How you, you kind of speak yourself voice. about. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because like it, in a ballet company, you have to be able to talk and like stand up for yourself. Oh, yeah. Kind of well, they don't want to be talking to a, you know, a blank wall. Blank wall. When they're yeah. choreographing, like, yeah. Exactly. Um, and what was funny was my ballet teacher at 
Oz Ballet School, who um, was my graduate teacher. Mm-hmm. He used to teach at Houston Ballet Academy. Mm-hmm. So he knew Stanton. Mm-hmm. And he actually told me when I was in my graduate year, you'd get a re- get along really well with Stanton like mm-hmm. in a working relationship because you're both perfectionists mm-hmm. and I was like okay I will I will take that and I will run with it mm-hmm. um unfortunately um I got an email a few weeks later saying um we can't offer you a place currently mm-hmm. which was fine with me I was like okay I had a feeling that I wouldn't get anything from this um but like honestly amazing experience to be doing mm-hmm. the auditions absolutely um, and then I went to Florida and I auditioned for Orlando Ballet. Mm-hmm. What was funny was they sent an email out, but it went to my junk email saying oh. um, the, the audition is cancelled. Um, we aren't doing the audition anymore. And I'd and gone to went. this audition because um, I wanted to do this audition because then I was going to go visit my sister. The other audition I was meant to go to was like a couple of weeks later. And I was like, no, I want to like be home in a couple of weeks. Um, Because I was like so homesick and I was like, I'm I'm so ready to leave America Mm. because um, I don't know, like I I knew dancing there, I would love it. Like I went to Mm. America because I want to dance the American ballet style. Mm -hmm. Um, But um America itself I don't know I felt a little bit uneasy mm. if that makes sense like um, yeah I get um, that this is no offense to Americans no. like it's <laughs> nothing to do with like I don't want to badmouth your country because like, mm. it's beautiful it's wonderful but like just coming from Melbourne and then going to America oh, this which gonna, is yeah. completely different mm. I mean I think that's too. normal though going to mm. a new country like I think that's normal um yeah 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 it was yeah I love I loved America but Mm -hmm. I was like America I feel like it's not a place that I could see myself living long term Mm -hmm. like the only thing really keeping me there would be you'd go for a job yeah yeah I'd go for a job but not necessarily to live yeah that's Um, fair enough so so the audition that I ended up going to was still on the same day, same venue, but it was for the Orlando Ballet School summer school. So I was I was doing class with like all these 10, 11, 12 year olds. And I was like Well, they were still watching <laughs> were they still watching you as like yeah. for the company. So they knew my situation. Oh, and okay, it was so the, it was the director and the school director who were okay. watching. Fair enough. Um uh, unfortunately, I never heard anything back from them, but I, like I okay. actually really enjoyed the audition. I thought it was really fun. I think that's really rude. They didn't get back to you. Um, I Do think, not think were... that you did because like you did it with a summer school, and so yeah, you were the only know. oldest one. Yeah, I and they didn't get back to you. The I'm telling you now, before. I'm that's surely not normal behavior. <laughs> yeah, look, I would I have mean, been annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Well, sometimes I'm like, well, obviously they wouldn't get back to me because, like, they only get back to the people that they, they no, want because there's hundreds of applicants. Yeah, but they um, didn't, but you didn't audition with everyone else, though, so that's why I think they should have got back to you. Yeah, I don't know. I think they said mm. we'll be in contact in a few weeks. And then they might have gotten back to me. They might not have. But, like, off the top of my head, I don't think I got an email. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so like, by, but by the time I was in Florida, I was like, I'm so ready to yeah, ready to go. Go back. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so auditioning in America was an interesting experience mm. because it's completely like not completely different, but like there's like little nuances in the terminology, mm-hmm. um, understanding the accents as well. And then also just the whole experience of like, oh my gosh, I'm in an audition. Mm-hmm. Like I need to show my best self for this audition. Um, yeah, it would have been very different to like the things you do experience in Australia in terms of like doing class, yeah. like an audition on Zoom or having the director just pick people he wanted through like just what he's seen over a period of time yeah because yeah. I can yeah I can imagine that's a bit was a weird experience for sure yeah it was a bit strange um mm. but in terms of like auditioning in person mm. um I don't know I I'm not really a nervous person when mm-hmm. it comes to ballet mm-hmm. um but yeah I definitely felt nerves in yeah. some of my auditions mm-hmm. um the uh, the audition that I was most nervous for would have been Houston mm. and Cincinnati. They mm. were the two auditions with the highest standards. Mm. Um, and I was just like, wow, like, yeah. how am I going to stand out in this incredible mm-hmm. group of dancers? Because mm. the standard was so high. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, it was just... It was very nerve-wracking mm. um, and, and I'm not really one for like superstitions or like mm. whether like I have to do certain things before class. Yeah. Um, like I know some people like listening to a certain, like before shows yeah. will like yeah. have like a routine that they do mm-hmm. to help yeah. them with their nerves and like mm-hmm. same with auditions. For me, it was just kind of like I just warmed up and I just mm. like kept breathing if that mm-hmm. makes sense like I was just like anytime I, like, yeah. I didn't want to allow myself to feel locked up yeah and in the end I think I just walked in and I was like I had to I just kept thinking to myself it's not you they have a picture of what mm-hmm. they're looking for mm-hmm. and if you don't fit the picture obviously they're not going to take you so I was like it's nothing to do with me if I don't mm-hmm. get a job or if I don't get an offer it's what they're looking for and yeah. with Houston specifically I was mm-hmm. like it's not me it's not me it's not me yeah. <laughs> because I was like and because I stated very clearly at the beginning we are looking for a specific type of dancer mm. Because they had someone leave and they wanted to replace Yeah, they're them. wanting to fill. That's, I mean, that's the case with most places. So it is just mm. whether you fit what they want or you don't. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to not take reject rejection like that personally. Yeah. Which is good. I think that's a good little tip to take forward. Um, mm. That, like, reminding yourself of that. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's never mm. you. Mm-hmm. Like, in an audition, never think when you're leaving the audition and you haven't got anything like oh it's because I'm not good enough or it's mm. or it's like it's because I did something wrong no it's no. you have to take yourself out of the mm-hmm. picture and your ego out of the picture mm. not that Absolutely. you're like you've got a huge ego but like no, no, no. You just no matter who you it. are it's mm. like it's it's nothing to do with you like mm. a company it's it's literally like supply and demand like they're looking oh, for what absolutely. they want Mm-hmm. um and like honestly like if you if they did it based on who was the best dancer in the room objectively rather than like who they're trying oh. to replace mm-hmm. um loads of people would get into companies where they're like hang on I actually don't want to be here mm. oh, absolutely. or 
I don't enjoy dancing here. Mm-hmm. And like definitely at Oz Ballet, a lot of people had to remind themselves of that. Like, because you're at Oz Ballet, you're like tunnel focused the Australian Ballet Company. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when you don't get in, you're like, oh, what do I do now? Like, mm-hmm. I've never thought about a different ballet company. It's like, you have, and like they educate us and they tell us in the two years leading up to graduate year, like, you have to pretend that you are not going to get into the Australian Ballet Company. Like, obviously strive towards mm-hmm. it, but you have to be preparing for the fact that you aren't going to get in and you have to find another company that you want to join. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out where would you where would you want to go instead if mm-hmm. you didn't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and but then again, like, there are the anomalies of people who went to the Australian Ballet School and they're like, actually, the Australian Ballet is not my dream. It's not where I want to go. Um, so um, unfortunately for me, the Australian Ballet was my dream. Um, so, um, but I was definitely prepared for the fact that there was a high likelihood I wouldn't get in because I didn't know how many contracts there were available. So I didn't know what they were looking for. Mm. I was part of this really talented group. Um David Holberg had only hired one year previously before us. So we didn't really understand what he wanted still. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. And every single director wants a different thing. Like I was talking to a ballet teacher about how she went through the company at Oz Ballet with three different directors. So that she had Menna, she had Ross and she had David. Mm. Um, and she said it was incredibly difficult because like, yes, when she was, when Ross Stratton and David McAllister were directors, Mm. um, she was a very high rank already. So her casting remains mostly the same. Like she was Mm. still getting like same standard roles. Mm -hmm. Um, But she said it was very weird because you'd be one director's favorite. And then the next director would come in and they'd be like, yeah, like you're good, but like, I prefer these dancers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, like, we, I can even tell um, just going from David McAllister to David Holberg. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's such a different, difference. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's giving, like, different dancers these amazing opportunities. Like, not to say that those dancers don't deserve them. Like, everybody in my company deserves amazing mm. um, opportunities. Um, but, like, it's just been interesting to see the difference mm. as well. Um, and, and just like as yeah. well the different rep that they do. Um, mm. Like I remember reading Devin McAllister's book, he said Mayna was very classical ballet, like she mm. loved ballets, very traditional. And then they went to Ross and Ross was the complete other end of the mm. spectrum. And he was doing like nude ballets and mm. like all this contemporary and like really modern works. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's entirely based on the directors or the artistic team's yeah. vision. Yeah. And it's just, there's no point getting caught up in Absolutely. all of that and how you fit into it because eventually, and this is a really great piece of advice that my director at the Australian Ballet School gave me, was you will find your place. Like mm-hmm. a director one day is going to see you and they will fight for you. Yeah, and, and that's what you need to find, what you want yeah, to and like, try and find. Yeah, and it's like, why would you want to go somewhere that wouldn't want to fight for you? No. Like, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere that so badly wants you and so badly wants to give you the opportunities that you deserve mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I think that's that's definitely something that dancers need to think about and remind mm-hmm. themselves about because 
like we mentioned earlier, dancers love external validation. Mm -hmm. A job is an amazing form of external validation, but like you need to reprioritize where your self-worth comes from and and remind yourself because that was something I definitely struggled with, not getting into any of the companies in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just had to keep reminding myself, no, Flynn, like they're looking for a certain thing. And mm-hmm. if you don't have it, that's fine. Yeah. Like your needs, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, basically. Oh, absolutely. I think that's yeah. so important. I also think that's a really great point to kind of wrap up the episode. Um, yeah. And just really good advice for every dancer who's listening to this now. Um, whether you're graduating in two years' time, you've graduated, mm. like literally whatever point you're in, it's so mm. important and you know it applies to schools as well like auditioning for schools as well as companies and kind of yeah. every job really ever um but if there's anything else any other advice finishing words that you want to give to the listeners this is your moment um and where can they also find you on the socials before okay so we finish so... so far <laughs> um so self-promo first mm-hmm. um so you can find me on instagram at flynn Stellfox. Mm-hmm. um on tiktok i'm on flynn i'm at flynn Stellfox as well nice. um don't have any other socials that people can really look for but yeah i do a little mm-hmm. bit of dancing on both well flynn Stellfox is my ballet instagram yeah um and i'll then, tag it in the link don't worry sure thing um and then in final words or final points mm-hmm. Don't isolate yourself to Mm -hmm. one thing, Um, whether that be like isolating yourself to the fact that you're a dancer Mm -hmm. or isolating yourself to just classical ballet or Mm -hmm. like one form of anything. Mm -hmm. Like you, an individual is so complex and so has so many different layers to themselves that like you need to be more than just a classical ballet dancer or more than just a dancer you need to find your own identity mm-hmm. and that will help your dancing but yeah it's like definitely do not limit yourselves basically to one thing yeah, yeah. I love that and very important solid advice yeah. um <laughs> thank you so much Flynn for coming on I really enjoyed our conversation um and I hope yeah, everyone listening you. enjoyed as well and was able to take something valuable from this chat um yeah i'll leave all the links down below if you want to check Flynn out um and thank you once again for tuning into this week's episode you can hear me same time next week bye